Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 77, and this is Amets here with B-Pimp. B-Pimp, what is up with you? 77 is, I believe, Ursan Ilyasova's number. Oh, I always wondered when we get to our Ursan Ilyasova podcast, and it turns out January of 2020. It snuck up on me. Yeah. You know what's crazy, though? It's already 2020, and it's already January, but it's already toward the end of January. This year is flying by already. I know. It felt like two days. Exactly. Pretty soon it'll be February, which we know February for a bunch of important reasons. But two things. It's your birthday and my birthday in this month. Oh, yeah. And then the biggest holiday of all, Groundhog Day, which I only now realized is neither plural nor possessive it's just groundhog day oh yeah it's not groundhog's day no that's also a big game this year too the bowl that we're not allowed to talk about for copyright reasons (laughs) it's on february 2nd (laughs) oh i you know it's a super event (laughs) (laughs) this is one of the few times that we've recorded that the lag time on us recording this and us releasing it is such that we actually know who's playing in the game. Oh, yeah. We don't have to do the thing that they would do in, like, Simpsons episodes where they would, like, I can't remember what episode it was. It was a really old Simpsons episode. Homer puts his beer in front of his mouth, and then they they overdub something like, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> That's a great gag. A great yeah. old Simpsons gag. But it's, yeah, San Francisco and... Um, who the hell else is playing? Oh, Kansas City. Who yeah. do you got? I'm going to... I was talking to our good friend Ryan Burkett. He was a avid Chiefs fan. And I told him I would be rooting for the Chiefs now that they've made it to the Super Bowl. So that's my, that's my pick. All right. Then we are at odds. I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers. What I don't know about the Bay Area, and I haven't figured it out yet, is because I live in Oakland, but we're losing our football team to las vegas oh yeah so should i start rooting for the 49ers i mean never mind the fact that i'd root for the seahawks probably anyway but like as a bay area person what makes sense i think you should not pick up the 49ers fandom and stick with your seahawks fandom okay i'll do that all right but question for you if the chicago white Sox move to las vegas who would your baseball team be that's an excellent question. I think it would be the Charlotte Knights, the White Sox AAA affiliate. That'd be sweet. Uh, I saw that baseball stadium. I was in Charlotte not that long ago, um, but I did not go to a Knights game. Well, it was winter. That was the other part of the problem. <laughs> they, had no. <laughs> they did not have a game. <laughs> they had no winter baseball. No, I wouldn't pick Charlotte. I would be, I'd probably be a Mariners fan. Well, there you go. Mariners fan over the Cubs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's good to know. I would like, I mean, I've always liked the Mariners. I have, I still have the Ichiro poster proudly hanging, you know? So, I mean, it's an easy transition for me. Ichiro was awesome. They just ruined basically his entire career, except for his rookie season. Yeah, that's true. 116 win year was his rookie year. Oh my God, that was incredible. Yep. Uh, All right. Well, we've talked about the blank bowl and of course our birthdays. But the big holiday, 
course, is Groundhog Day. So it got us thinking about the movie, the 1992 hit, Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray. And what I didn't realize before planning this episode, in which we're going to talk about replacement actors that could have filled the Bill Murray role and name our top five there. What I didn't realize is that you have something against Bill Murray. And it is the subject of the next Bees Beef. I don't eat meat, but I've got beef. Bees Beef. Bees Beef. I absolutely do. And you know what? It starts with Bill Murray. He's always held up, especially being in the Chicago area. You see him on TV a lot. He'll go to Cubs games or go to like Blackhawks games, I guess. I don't know. He's seen as this lovable, like local guy who made it big and it's Bill Murray and everybody loves him and he does a great job. But when he started, speaking of beef, when he started at SNL, he had a famous beef with Chevy Chase that almost ruined the show before it could even become something huge. What are you doing, Bill Murray? Chevy Chase is clearly not in your league, right? So you don't need to be like starting fights with him. Although I say both of them are bad. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> he then he's next known for Caddyshack, which is basically a movie length performance where he just like talks kind of funny. And that's basically he got a lot of mileage out of that. Can I do a bee's beef in the middle of bee's beef? <laughs> yes. Caddyshack is awful and Bill Murray's awful in it. I'm sorry, it's not a funny movie. Okay, that was I like the That's mini it. beef. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's known for Ghostbusters. Now this one, I don't have that much to go on because I've never seen it all the way through and that's one of the movies that I'm proud to say like Jurassic Park and a couple other ones that everybody always talks how great they are and I'm like I don't know I didn't see it so I'm just gonna assume that it's garbage like the rest of this and then later in life he he became like renowned for oh now I'm a serious actor and I'm gonna like try to get Oscar nominations and stuff for like I don't know what was it, Lost in Translation? There was like that little stretch of movies. Now, I'm not saying all those are bad. I'm just saying why – it's not like he's the greatest actor. Did you see any of those movies and you're like, oh, Bill Murray's really taking me on a journey? No. He just decided I'm going to be serious now. And then everybody like – all the actor people were like, oh, yeah, Bill Murray, for all these years, he's been riding on that Caddyshack uh, uh, stupid way of talking wave, and now he's going to become a serious actor. It's all a fraud. I'm calling about Bill Murray. Not great. Wow. A devastating bees beef. I, I will say I have nothing really against Bill Murray, but I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. If you look at his filmography, not that many great films. What were the other ones? Life Aquatic? Like, Life Aquatic's not very good. I don't care what anybody says. That's one of the worst Wes Anderson movies. Um, and... Yeah, like Ghostbusters is great, but outside of that, you're kind of like, you're looking for the good movies. What is it? Okay, so Stripes. Everybody talks about Stripes. Uh, Stripes Scrooge. is like, okay, Scrooge is not very good. See? Look at this. What yeah. And like, you're right about his later career, like Lost in Translation or Broken Flowers or like, they're all good and he's like fine in them, but they're no... He's, he, I feel like he's just kind of dialing it back. Like, it doesn't feel like any kind of stretch for him or like, like what a commitment to acting. He's like barely acting in them. Maybe, in, maybe that is his genius, and I've overlooked it because he's not trying. 
it feels that way. Like I liked Lost in Translation, but I'm not going to say, man, Bill Murray, powerhouse performance. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that there was some commonality in this beef. There, yeah, there definitely is. I will give you that. Uh, so before we get to our top five Bill Murray replacements for Groundhog Day, we, of course, have to try a whiskey. So B-Pimp, why don't you tell the good folks at home what whiskey you have to try for this up? I have Gentleman Jack, which I don't Ooh. think we've ever tried somehow. Um, and Gentleman Jack, I was actually thinking about it, like what makes this different? Because you just always see like, oh yeah, it's another Jack Daniels. But it, I think what the difference is with Gentleman Jack is they just, they run it through the charcoal twice that they filter it through. So it's basically just like double filtered. Double filtered with charcoal. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey. And it's 80 proof. Like I guess all Jack Daniels products now are 80 proof. I read. Oh, is that something they changed recently? I don't know. Like, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I think they lowered it. I think a lot of them used to be higher and they lowered them all to 80. So anything that was below 80 stayed below, but anything that was above went to 80. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's like kind of low to have your yeah. max be something to do with like the taxes i guess they pay taxes based on the proof oh so they were trying to save some dollars that is interesting that and that kind of makes sense yeah because the higher proof well does it though like why the higher proof the more tax well i don't know if that part makes sense but like the decisions and so i learned that you know white claw yeah so i tried my first white claw this week and what I didn't know is that White Claw is like fermented in a certain way. And the reason they did that instead of just adding alcohol is for tax reasons. Oh. Like it would have cost that much more if they didn't ferment it themselves or something. I don't know. I guess what I'm doing is telling a story that I barely remember on a recorded podcast, <laughs> which I'm sure will later be thrown in my face. But it's something along those lines. I swear it's true. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> White Claw does something different to save some money. Yeah. I've heard that too. And okay. I, also, I also don't know any more details about it. <laughs> You've corroborated my story enough. Let's yes, yes. I'm also, uh, I've had Gentleman Jack a number of times, but I haven't had it in the last, um, I would say, handful of years. So this will be an interesting test and i have it on the rocks if you can't hear the jingle jangle of the, the love here on the jingle jangle we gotta give a little sniff it smells much more sweet and caramely than i remember hmm. it's a very pleasing smell but it's kind of almost borders on artificial a little bit with the caramely notes yeah a little too much on that oh yeah that's the old old gentleman jack taste that we all remember so as you taste it do you know like what the specific differences are between jack i mean it's probably hard not to have the other one in front of you but no i i do think what it is it's very similar to regular old jack daniels old number seven whatever but it just, I think just filtering it twice gives it a little bit, it just makes it smoother. I know we we use that word quite a bit, but like, mm -hmm. 
that is the best way I could describe it. It's like it does have a little bit more sweetness when you first sip it and in the finish. A little bit more of like the caramel and like it's almost like molasses. It's very sweet notes that you don't get in a lot of bourbons, but it's just more pronounced and more almost more like refined. And they charge a little bit more for it. So that kind of lines up. They're probably just that extra run through the charcoal makes it just easier drinking. So if you are saying it is smoother than Jack, does that mean it's smooth enough to get on the smooth train? Absolutely. Definitely on the smooth train. Another one for the smooth train. Backing up out of the station, Gentleman Jack is getting on board. I like it. It's jumping. It's like an old-timey movie. It's just running down the platform. Hey, wait for me. I'm Gentleman Jack. (laughs) And... I like it. My lateness, I went through the charcoal twice. (laughs) We we didn't plan our day well enough with that second pass through the charcoal. Mm -mm. I don't don't know what this accent is, but I like it. Um, But no, it's good. It's as soon as I had a sip, I remembered. Oh yes, I do like this gentleman Jack gimmicky. It's not gimmicky. They just filtered it twice. It's good. Go get some. Got it. Another one for the smooth train. Glad to hear it, gentleman Jack. All right, we got to get to our top five list. Again, we are talking about, so to set up the full context, Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray, comedy movie about a guy repeating the same day over and over again, came out in 1992. We are envisioning a world, maybe not a world where where Bill Murray doesn't exist, but a world where he's not cast in this movie, but they make it anyway. Who would be your top five actors to play this role, the Bill Murray role? The actual character's name, I don't recall. But to play that role in the movie Groundhog Day. So that's what we're talking about. B-Pimp, are you ready? I am ready. And I, right. I, don't, I don't know if anybody else is ready with my list, but yes, I'm ready. Okay, so let's get into it. These are our top five actors who would have played the Bill Murray role in the movie Groundhog Day. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp. Who is your number five actor? Um, my number five, and it'll become quickly clear that this was kind of a thought experiment for me. I just kind of closed my eyes and thought, yeah, that would be good. So number five for me is Christopher Walken. I like it. I, <laughs> I, just, I think that's a good one. I'm just thinking, like, it, he he is known for kind of appearing randomly in things and is kind of a funny guy by nature, but I, he, that would be a, a new experience for me to see him in a movie like that. And I'm just picturing like his, all his whole energy in that movie. And it makes me happy. I, yeah. And Christopher Walken right around then. So that, that would have been several years after it was a James Bond villain. It would have been, I, I think Batman returns probably came out within a couple of years of Groundhog Day. And he was in that, not like a huge role, but, you know, kind of, it's Christopher Walken with a lot of energy, but not quite as like a caricature version of himself as he sort of is now. Yeah. Not that I have a problem with Christopher Walken, but I think he would have been good. Shots fired at Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, we're good. Christopher Walken is an investor in White Claw, and I don't know what they're doing to that product to save money, but it can't be legal. We're going to have to hire a lot of lawyers. (laughs) Christopher Walken's going to be coming for us. All right, my number five is Woody Harrelson. 
So right around, I guess this is pretty close to when White Man Can't Jump came out. And I think he would have been like a little bit young for it, but he sort of has that like folksiness that I think would have worked as a reporter slash person who needs to change their life. I could see that. And I also think that would have been a good back because I think White Man Can't Jump was 91. So then it could have been like back-to-back years with big movies for Woody, mm-hmm. who I am a longtime fan of. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's great. He's had a long but like effectively changing career. Yeah. All right, He's like what... the anti-Bill Murray. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Who's your number four? Uh, uh, okay, go with me here. My number four is Pete Postlethwaite. <laughs> Pete Postlethwaite. Do you know who that is by chance? No, not related to Bob Goldthwaite. No. The, okay. Oh, that would have been a good one. Um, I actually thought about that. <laughs> yeah. No, Pete Postlethwaite is probably best known in this country for his portrayal of the lawyer, Mr. Kobayashi, in Usual Suspects. Does oh. <laughs> Barely. I would need to watch Usual Suspects again. I probably haven't seen that movie in like 20 years. So yeah, he I for some reason, like I said, I kind of did a thought experiment and when I sat back and thought Groundhog Day, I just his p- face came into my brain. And I said, "Yeah, Pete Postlethwaite, why not? He's Welsh, but I'm sure he could do an accent." <laughs> I he bet he could. <laughs> I think uh, he would have been a great uh he would have been like in his early 60s at that time. Okay. You I I think you can be in your early 60s and still do this role. Or maybe early 50s. So that would be even better, right? Mhm. Okay. So, yeah, I think he could do it. All right. My number four is thinking in a much broader. This this one is more like he was probably close to the top of his movie stardom, or it was in that general era, but Eddie Murphy. Mm, interesting. I think, like, after all of his 80s flicks and then going into the 90s where he did more, like, uh, kind of broader comedy i think this falls somewhere in between and certainly he's got like the the star power to do it but it it would have been a little different but i think eddie murphy could have could have pulled this role off especially the moments that i like best in groundhog day where they just like repeat eddie murphy or not eddie murphy excuse me uh bill murray killing himself like in various different ways and like um like quick cuts yes yeah that would have been hilarious i actually think that would have been funnier with eddie murphy that would have been yeah that would be a good alternate universe star for this all right who is your number three number three for me is renowned uh film actor uh who i think was still alive when this came out marlon brando (laughs) oh oh yeah he was totally alive okay good yeah because he was in like the the island of Dr. Moreau, which was probably like three or five years later. Okay. I just thought, yeah, Marlon Brando, um, he did some weird stuff in his mm-hmm. later years. I think this would have, I, I just think about like, wh- how would history have looked back upon this movie if it was like a Marlon Brando vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. I, your list is hilariously better than mine. I would love Marlon Brando. Just like 
trying to do the like the lighter touch romantic comedy parts of this movie would have been fucking hilarious it would have been super intense and like breathy <laughs> delivery yeah uh okay good pick uh my number three is joe pesci oh okay yeah, <laughs> i like com- that coming off like the home alone movies when did goodfellas come out 95 i believe okay so before goodfellas um he would have been hilarious in this way more attitude i'm not sure he would have pulled off the um being a character to root for but who needs it (laughs) i just whenever i think of joe pesci i just think of him like walking around and like tipping a bunch of people in quick succession to be like hey get out of here yeah take care of yourself (laughs) like that's all i i think of with him all I think, like Joe Pesci, I just think of the "What are, are you laughing at me?" scene. Yeah, Hank and fellas. Yeah, that's or like this, a powerful scene. It is. Or have you ever seen his uh, movie, The Super, by chance? No. Is that good? He plays the superintendent of a building in the inner city. It's an interesting, like, <laughs> just a weird kind of like comedy that kind of went by the wayside, but I like it. It reminds me that I still want to see the Irishman. Is it Irishman or Irishman? I, the Irishman, one singular. Okay. It's just I don't have the energy to undertake like a three and a half hour movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't care to see it, to be honest with you. Then you know what? Who am I kidding? I'm, I'm going to skip it too. I just I've heard somebody tweeted like. I started the Irishman and bailed 30 minutes in when I kept thinking about the running time. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> if that's all that's on your brain, like, forget it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who's your number two? My number two is Harrison Ford. Whoa, good pick. I don't know why that did not even occur to me. He'd be great in this movie. What's uh, the ground? It's Puxatani Pete. Is that the groundhog? I think Puxatani Phil, right? Phil. Yeah, Phil. He could say something like... Uh, I didn't see Phil or something like that yeah. would be his line. Or I'm though... not your father. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill that groundhog. <laughs> that, no, that'd be good. Uh, what's a good Indiana Jones line? I can't even think of one. Uh, I lost my whip. <laughs> ah. We're really, we're really roasting a lot of actors. In this episode. You know, yeah, that's a, like Bill Murray. We're letting him off easy. What's Harrison Ford been in? Actually, Harrison uh, I, Ford's been in some big franchises. I do really love The Fugitive, as you can tell by my using that line every time we bring him up. But that that is a good movie. Um, you know what movie I just saw with him was What Lies Beneath. Oh yeah, yeah. Him and M- Michelle Pfeiffer. Wait, isn't that Richard Gere? No, it's Harrison Ford. It is. Yeah. Wow. And it was weird movie. Not very good. Okay. But it was that, on Netflix. That means that I should watch that. Because that that's the kind of... When somebody says that about a movie, I'm like, ooh, my ears perk up. I'm like, yeah, I probably <laughs> like that one. Yeah, it was, it, was de- it was like the kind of like, not terrible movie, but like pretty weird and mostly bad movie that we tend to watch. I like it. I'm in the same wavelengths with my movie taste cool all right my number two i don't know that he has the acting chops but i think he could make it through this movie david letterman i think david letterman could do it i think he would crush the drier moments of this movie yeah 
That's actually really interesting. Like he could probably act. I I would think he could act well enough. Yeah. And like right around the early nineties. So I think this ninety two, man, when did he switch to CBS? Like probably the same year or maybe a couple of years after. It was uh, maybe 93 because that was what precipitated Conan starting, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was 93 or like okay. early 93. So, at this point, he's just waiting for Johnny Carson to retire. He's probably at his funniest. Um, I, I mean, I like Latter-day David Letterman, too. Yeah. I think he, he would have been at the, the peak of his funniness here and dryness, but still willing to do some goofy stuff, too. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. All right, we're down to it. Be pimp. Who is your number one? Now, this may seem cheap to invoke this person's name because I think you could make an argument that any movie would be well served to replace their lead actor with him, um, in my opinion. But this is not ironic. I truly believe that he's great, and I think he's been great in so many things and underappreciated, and that is Sir Nicholas Cage. Ooh, you know what? I think you're right. I, I, much like your pick of Harrison Ford, Nicolas Cage, for some reason, didn't even occur to me. I think because I wasn't really looking up, com- like I was looking up more comedians. But yeah, you're right. He would be great in this. He would be great. I mean, he's his. If, if you've ever seen Moonstruck, you see uh, somebody who's just a clearly capable of being a comedic actor who just has chosen mostly to do dramatic work. I, I think this could be tonally. Well, okay. Not tonally exactly, but he could, he could kind of raising Arizona. It. Yeah. I think absolutely. I think it would be great. And I wish it would happen. They would refilm it with him. Yeah. Reboot. Do you think, would you want them to reboot the movie with him or just only refilm the scenes he is in. <laughs> yeah, refilm. Just refilm it so it's Nicolas Cage. That'd be so funny for a studio to do that. Like, what would Bill Murray think? Like, why? Why? <laughs> he probably would be like, as long as I still get the royalties, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, that's absolutely true. That's on point for Bill Murray. Ugh. Oh, Bill Murray. Oh. God, did I tell you how he was involved in this whole White Claw scandal? God, what did he do? Him and Christopher Walken? Yeah. They're just bilking people out of money left and right. They're fermenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My number one is, we mentioned him earlier in the episode, Chevy Chase. Oh, amazing. I didn't even consult you about that before I included he, him in my... I think he would crush this role. At that, like, I'm trying to think what Chevy Chase was doing in the early 90s. I think, were all the vacation movies over or were they still going? They had Vegas Vacation in 96, but there was a big break. I think this might have been around the time when he was had that failed talk show on Fox. Oh, yeah. Okay. Potentially. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm picking talk show hosts. But he, <laughs> I think he would have been good in this. I agree. I think it's up his alley. Uh, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Not a one. I had a couple, like, basic, like... Tom Hanks, maybe Billy Crystal would have been fine in it. Oh, Billy Crystal would be amazing. You know who? <laughs> but Maggie gave me one suggestion. <laughs> she said, "She said, what about Johnny Depp?" And I thought, <laughs> okay. yeah, 
coming off like the heels of Edward Scissorhands. It would be pretty freaking hilarious if he was cast in this movie. I would have liked that, yeah. Yeah. Definitely Johnny Depp. All right. Well, if you have people that you would like to recast uh, in the movie Groundhog Day, uh, then let us know. Hit us up on our Twitter feed that's at Whiskey Sessions or our email address, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And we are going to get to your emails now. Uh, so without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do we have in the old email inbox? Hi, Whiskey Idiots. I can't help but thinking every time you do a one-hit wonder episode, I'd like to give you one hit. Me hitting you and you hitting the floor. Aggressively. (laughs) Aggressively, Steve from Linwood. Yeah, Steve, you idiot. (laughs) You can't even figure out how many hits that is. Oh, my God. (sighs) That was the whole premise of your comment was that it's two hits. (laughs) (laughs) And you had the math wrong. It's ridiculous. Man, I, I don't understand why Steve even still writes into the show. He's, an, he's like probably our most dedicated listener, and he hates us. And ever since he was fired from Home One, and I, like, he must just have all the time in the world on his hands. I think, yeah, I think that was probably like the sixth or seventh draft of that email. <laughs> he yeah. finally was like, I got it. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks for the email, Steve. Um, I've got another one. It says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, if all the whiskey was drained from this earth, what type of alcohol would this podcast be about? And that's from Clarence in Clearwater, Florida. Clarence. That's a good question. Like, serious answer, probably beer. I don't drink too many other things for me. Yeah, I would say beer. Maybe, like, uh, a specific I'm really into like sours and farmhouse ales and like ferment and, and wild bacteria beers maybe like that like oh, a, I could see that because you like, like some of those too right I wouldn't say I'm like crazy into sours but I would try that over something like milk stouts that just makes me bloated thinking about Yeah, so I could see doing that I could do IPAs or just well, I could do pretty much anything. Yeah, I would do beer. I could say beer, because the other the other liquors, I'm not. There's not another one that I'm particularly that no. fond of. Like I'm okay with some vodka here and there, but like, eh. yeah, not enough that I want to be like drinking every episode. No. Um, all right. If you have an email for us, send it to whiskey sessions music at gmail dot com, and we will read it on a future episode. Uh, but that does it for this episode. Be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? I think this was a three hit episode. Three hit episode without a doubt, at the very least. A three hits, me hitting Steve and Steve hitting us while we hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. All right, until next time, this is Amets saying peace out. Be pimp, bye.